This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He is Mike Giannato. He is the sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal, host of Giannato and Jeffrey. He joins us every Wednesday. He joins us now. Hey, we have a Josh story, Mark. What'd you learn? Uh, learn? Um, I don't know. There wasn't really anything too revelatory in there. Um, you know, it seemed like we got some more details about some of the stuff we've already kind of had a, you know, we kind of knew about. Um, but, you know, I, I've been a little um, miffed at, like, the reaction of, like, why are they writing about this? Like, you know, this is whatever, picking on Ja. Like, I've seen some of that. On, and maybe it's I – think, I think, like, using, like, X and Twitter even more so than ever before to gauge reaction is, like, very uh, risky. Um, get, like, that for you option on there is just, like, takes you down a rabbit hole. But, like, why are they writing this? It's because it's a week before the season starts. And like, you know, John, and like, why are they writing about this and not like, you know, doing in-depth pieces about uh, Kevin Porter Jr. getting in trouble and Miles Bridges? It's like, because John's a superstar and they're not. That's why they're writing it. Um, I've just been kind of miffed by that. Like, again, it wasn't like, again, the, the good news, I think, ultimately, is that there's not, it wasn't like there was some new incident that they uncovered mm-hmm. that could, you know, could, you know, nothing new was was uncovered or revealed or anything like that in this story. And, um, you know, and it paints a picture, I think, broadly speaking, I think we all kind of, you know, I say we all, I think everyone who's a Grizzlies fan or Grizzlies observer or media member kind of already knew, you know, this picture of a, of a guy, you know, who couldn't handle superstardom, who had a lot thrown at him all, you know, in a, in a really, fast amount of time, quick amount of time and couldn't handle it. Um, and we just got some more details into how that all played out behind the scenes over the last, whatever year, year and a half or so. Um, but, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was a fine story. Um, there were some things, you know, I think I heard you Jason earlier. And I think I heard Jeff and I agree, like, you know, as someone who, you know, I'm a you know, columnist, I'm an editor at the commercial appeal. Like, I don't know if I would have granted business owners anonymity to just kind of throw arrows at Ja. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're going to say it, like put your name to it type of thing um, or demand, you know, or don't include it in the story. I think that was the only thing I kind of had took issue with in it. But, um, you know, I, I think the big thing to me to remind people, and I've been, I said this yesterday on our show, like this thought that because, like he's suspended, he's going to go through the suspension and then like, it's all going to be in the past. Like this is going to be brought up constantly throughout the season, whether, whether they come out of this 
successfully or not, and I say they, I mean the Grizzlies and Ja Morant, this is now part of the narrative, part of the story of Ja and this team. Um, because, like it's going to define this suspension is going to define the entire season. You know, before dirt, you know, before he comes back, the moment, you know, those, those initial games when he does come back. And then, you know, hopefully if this team's really good, like we think it's going to be like when they get to the playoffs and if they're, you know, let's say they break through like Josh suspension is going to be part of that story too. Like, it's just, this is going, like, you're not just going to, this, this is not just going to go away this season. Like, this is going to frame the entire season. So to, like, be upset that, like, it's, you know, ESPN is writing some big story about it, I think, like, I, I think it's being naive, to be quite honest. Um, like, this is going to be a, we are going to be constantly reminded of what the circumstances are surrounding this season, because like I, I and I don't think it's unfair, frankly. I think like this does, like how the Grizzlies emerge from this suspension, and you know, and how Ja emerges from this suspension. I mean, frankly, like very well could define like this version of the Grizzlies for years to come, um, and so um, that's how I kind of took the story. Is just a reminder that. Hey, like, on the one hand, like, you can be upset that they're writing this, but I also think it's a reminder that Ja is still a superstar in the NBA. Like, a not, you know, like, if, if, <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example, like, if Zaire Williams had done this, and I don't mean to throw him under the bus, like, they're not writing a big ESPN expose about his 18 months, you know, inside 18 months that put his career on the brink. Like, they're not doing that. Um, you know, they only do this for superstars. Um, and so it is, in, so, in a weird way, another acknowledgement of what the Grizzlies have here and what Memphis has here. Um, and then, you know, you guys have pointed out, I think everyone noticed it, you know, I, I think the one thing that kind of stood out, it wasn't, it's not news or doesn't advance the story, but was interesting that it wasn't citing league sources. It was citing team sources. Um, and, you know, that can, that can be a slippery slope sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be one thing to keep an eye on, if you will. Now, my gut tells me, my gut tells me it's not the team sources are not people that will ultimately. My, I don't think this is the high up people in the organization. Let's put no, it that way. Uh, there's no I, I way. It, I don't. I don't think it's like. There's no way. I don't way. think it's the people that directly deal with John Moran. Oh, I said. I said. I mean, it could be an equipment manager. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really require. Well, I give. I'll give. I know. Like, I'll give Baxter Holmes and Tim McMahon, like who I know and are both credible, good journalists. Like, I, I don't think you're going with it if it's just an equipment manager. Mm-hmm. Um, to be quite honest, but I also don't think it's Zach Kleiman or Taylor Jenkins. Well, you know, and a, and especially a quote. This one from the team source as strong as the one where they point the finger at T. I'm with you. I I, I, I would. I, you said all what you said about how the fans are taking this, or as you know whether they're you know they're a little bit miffed on that. And I'm not. I'm not concerned about them. But T. T. Himself, yeah. who we saw, who we saw tell those kids in New Orleans, "Hey, man, my son's got you know." Kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but my son's got to grow up. You got to watch who you're around. You're a man. You got to make better decisions. Sort of lay that out about Ja needing to do better. This one pretty clearly, with a team source, points the finger as hit at him as one of the problems, mm-hmm. calling him a major driving force. So my question for you, Mark, is: Do you think, you know, we're talking about does Ja feel aggrieved? We've done that a bunch. 
What about T mm-hmm. here? Because T feels yeah. like such an important voice, right, in Ja's yeah. ear going forward and always has been a voice in his ear. You want him to be a good one. Uh, do you any concern about him feeling aggrieved, you know, by this and, and maybe not being that, that voice for Ja because of it? I, that, that's more I'm concerned I, about who's upset. Yeah. yeah. I, would say, I would say this. If this is a one-off, I think it'll be fine. Uh huh. That, that, that makes I sense. I think. I think if I think ultimately there's enough. Frankly, there's enough time on the contract. Like it's you know like stuff like that. Like if this is just like if it's just this. Yeah. I don't think that's something that would. I don't think you have to worry about that. What you have to worry about is if like now you've now there's been now there's one story that kind of cites team sources. Will there be more? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point. You don't yep. want that. Yep. Um, if you're. You know, if it's just a one-off, I think everyone will move. You know, like, you know, like right now, I'm sure Zach Kleiman or whoever are texting or calling John Morant's people and being like, "This is BS." Like, you know, we're so, you know, like whatever, you know, like whatever. They're, you know, they're 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 doing damage control, if you will, and like we had nothing to do with this. We don't know who the team source is. We're going to try and figure out who it is. But it wasn't anyone who matters, and you know, like they're trying, they're probably downplaying mm-hmm. it. And and if it's just a one-off, I you know, you know, fool me one, you know, fool me one, shame on me. I think you know, you're right. Saying. Yeah, I think you know, you're right there. I think, yeah. I think that's what's the key to it. And frankly, probably the key to it all is like ultimately, if Ja comes back from the suspension and is the great player he was prior to all these issues, and is avoiding off-court issues, like he'll be fine. I think ultimately long term, like it, it, to me, it's all dependent. It still comes all comes back to job oh, ultimately, yes. because you can be aggrieved, and that's fine. You know, if you're upset that like some of this stuff from behind the scenes is getting aired out publicly, but at the same time, like you, the actions of everyone involved here open the door for this. 100%. So uh, you know, 100%. so it's a it's a tricky situation, and it. You know, I, like I said, I think you should. I think I know. You know, I noticed it, and I think any, frankly, anyone who's like kind of in tune with these sorts of things noticed it right away. Like I texted Jeffrey and was like, "Hmm, this is interesting. Team sources, not league sources." You know, and like you notice it, mm-hmm. um, and it could be a trick. You know, it's probably a tricky situation they're going to have to navigate in the short term. But I think in terms of long term issues. Again, if this is just the if this is the only time something like this happens, I think it'll be okay. Well, I mean, you know, in fairness, you know, uh, the Grizzlies are navigating tricky situations because of John Morant. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. at the end of the day, we don't need to lose fo- the the focus on why we're he, in this he situation. He opened the door for all of this. hundred percent. So he can get, he can get like, mad at the Grizzlies if you want, you know, for or whoever. You can be mad at the media. Yeah. You can be mad at the Grizzlies. You can it, be mad at whoever. It's just like, exactly. you know what? Like, he opened the door for this. Yeah, like, I mean, I, at the end of the day, like, I, I think that's where – I think that – that's a form. I mean, of, he has to understand that. Well, sure, and but does, I, I, does a man at twenty-four years old do understand? Well, that. I hope so because it's time. It's time to grow up. So it, it's time to stop enabling and saying, "Oh, let's and, and, let's not make John Morant mad." I mean, you know, John yeah. Morant needs to stop putting his. He needs to be a professional. And he needs to stop putting his organization and his employers in bad spots. And, and look, I'll say this: like I thought, I remember the. I remember draft. I remember draft night. Like I, I think publicly, Zach Kleiman has been. Pretty, you know, as you know, I, I, I don't know, blunt is the right word, but like, wasn't like he was like 
you know, coddling jaw in his most recent comment, you know, like, you know, right after the second hand, the second Instagram incident, like he was pretty harsh in his public comments towards jaw, I thought. Um, so it's not like, you know, they haven't said anything and harsh. I mean, I think appropriately harsh. Like he said, the punishment is appropriate. He said, you know, like he basically said, like, it's on jaw. Like it was, he was, I, so I don't think necessary. Like, I don't, I don't think, like people are coddling him in the organization and to give jaw credit. Like I was just at practice yesterday and was actually, you know, it was interesting. Like at the end of practice, jaw and Taylor Jenkins went to like a coach's room to the side of the practice court and met for five or 10 minutes. And so I asked Taylor afterwards, I was like, Hey, like what, you know, how's this dynamic going where like you're preparing for the season, but your best player is going to miss the first 25 games of the season has all these, you know, has had these issues. How are you keeping him engaged, but also preparing for the season? And he spoke glowingly about how Ja has done with the situation here in training camp. Said he's been very engaged, um, you know, and and been a good. And Marcus Smart said the same thing. Like he's been a, you know, it sounds like he has been a, uh, at least in the facility. Um, they've been very pleased with how he has acted and how he has handled and dealt with um, this unfortunate uh, way he is starting his fifth season where he is not going to be allowed to play the first 25 games. So, um, you know, we'll see. It, all of this depends on how it plays out from here, really. Like, this, this story will be like a blip if he comes back and is awesome this season. You know, like no one will remember it by the end of the year. Um, but there are going to talk about that. Like this is whether Ja likes it or not. This is part of his story now forever, like forever, like 20 years from now when he retires or 15 years from now when he retires, this is going to be part of the story you write when he retires, whether he, you know, and presumably it's 15, 20 years from now, he's a hall of famer, all, you know, future hall of famer, all that stuff. And you write, he had these issues at the beginning of his career and overcame them, you know, but it's part of the story, whether it's, you know, a redemptive one or, you know, one that, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting this, but like, you know, it's like a tragic one where of a guy who didn't fulfill his potential. Um, like this is part of the story now and you're not going to be able to avoid it. How are you feeling about Zaire Williams as the fifth starter? Uh, I think Taylor Jenkins gave us our tell yesterday at practice when he was asked about it, um, and he didn't commit to Zaire, but then listed the two, uh, like listed the options for the fifth starter as being Zaire or David Roddy. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I don't really see how there's an argument for David Roddy oh, over yeah. Zaire Williams. I could see one for Luke Kennard over Zaire Williams, yep. but he didn't mention Luke Kennard. That's, so that's tea leaves, baby. You're reading them. Yeah, I I suspect Zaire will start in Friday's exhibition game, which Taylor Jenkins said is kind of going to be like a as close to what it's going to look like in the you know the beginning of the regular season as possible. Um, and I expect he'll be in the starting lineup next one a week from today when they play, and, and, uh, that, and, that, and look, let's be clear, that's what they wanted all along. It's not like they wanted somebody else to start. It's time for Zaire to go out and take it. They just needed him to do that and. Uh, I mean, when you spend a top ten draft pick on a guy and he's not starting by year three, you got a problem. So well, and I think I think it's just it's the best move in the sense that like if like having a productive Zaire, like you you know what you have in Luke Kennard. Like Luke Kennard 
he's going to be coming off the bench anyways. A hundred percent. Once Ja comes back, like the, the, the ceiling for this team rises if Zaire is like a, you know, part of like a, a productive member of the top seven or eight of this rotation, I think, because of his, you know, he's six, a 6'10 guard, essentially. Like that, that's a unique skill set he can potentially bring off the bench. Um, like if he's actually a productive NBA player, that is better for the Grizzlies. And so you can always, like you can always go back. Like if, if Zaire comes out and it's awful for the first five games or so, you can always go back to Luke Kennard. You can go put Luke Kennard in the starting lineup and it'll be fine. Um, so might as well try it out, you know? Yep, exactly right. Um, let's, that's, that's simple. I mean, that's easy, right? That's an easy solution, yeah. easy fix. Let's mm-hmm. go to something that's a little bit more complicated. Memphis Tigers football. Uh, and, I, and I don't think it's as easy as saying, well, you know, if Ryan Sorfield's not working, you just plug in Luke Kennard there. I mean, you're going to have to have a <laughs> yeah. real solution here. So, like, the, just the discussion, honestly, feels kind of tough to have because on, on the surface, 8-4 and four feels incredibly likely. Uh, if they're not 8-4, and four, you know, something went wrong. But then it's like you're going to come out of that feeling – not good. You're going to come away from an eight and four season feeling like no progress was made. That maybe the mm-hmm. most was not gotten out of this season. So, what do you do? Well, if and, you're Memphis? and you're going to be confronted with like Ryan Silverfield's going to have, I think, two years left on his deal right. after this year. Right. Um, like, what are you going to do about that? Are right. you really going to go into an off season with him having two years on his deal? Like, is that possible? Maybe in this era, you know, in the pre. Ten years ago, coaches would tell you, I can't recruit if I only have two years left on my contract. Whereas well, now... He, with the tra- he has no leverage, right, Mark? I mean, yeah, what's his Where are you going to well, go, dude? The thing, if you're not going to give him the extension, you should probably just get rid of him. Well, but, no, you know I, mean, I mean, like, yeah, but how do you do... You Memphis football can't but, do that. They can't fire a coach yeah. after an 8-4 season. They'll never get another one. Um... Maybe, yeah. I, I I don't know the answer. You're right. Eight and four. We said it before the season. Y'all said it before the season too. Like, it's the nightmare scenario in the sense that like there's no real clarity. It's like feels exactly where you were at the end of last season, where kind of have the feeling this isn't the guy, but also like you know like this isn't like, like rock bottom. He's certainly compared to the you know eight and four compared to the history of the program. That, that was- a good season. But we can't but, do that. We can't do that every time. Know. You know, no, like, no, no, no. Well, the problem is, is like the schedule. I mean, it's, it's off. It's a joke. The schedule's it's awful. A, it's a joke. And now here's the other variable, and I've talked about this with you guys too. The home schedule next year might be the worst home schedule in Memphis football history, or certain, certainly in recent times. It is an awful home schedule. I'm not sure any coach, except maybe if you hired Dion or brought Mike Norvell back, with both unrealistic options, is going to draw with that. With that, is going to draw with 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 that home schedule. Like it's an awful home schedule. The non-conference games are Middle Tennessee State, Troy, and whoever they're playing FCS. And then like the best home game is probably UAB, <laughs> like in conference play. Uh, it's not. Is that good? Go look at it. It's awful. Yeah, so this like, was I don't know if anyone's going to be able to like this year. You're so right because that's a you go no no apathy sets in even more at eight and four, and then you got no no schedule next year for folks to even be excited about. It's too painful. It's, it's painful. painful as hell. Yeah. Now now the re, like now you could think of it as like well 
if someone has to, you know, has to coach through that, you might as well just have it be Silverfield again and see what he does. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but then what is, he's going to go I mean, nine and three, and then what do you do? I mean, I know, I know, it's tough. Ken. It's tough. Like, I'm not, um, not, like and, not, honestly, like nobody's rooting against him, but at the same time, it just it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. If it, it feels like anyone could win eight games with the schedule that Memphis plays. Well, and that's and that's why I mean, like, listen, it's going to take. If they are eight and four, and I and I don't, and I'm not going to rule out them. The league is bad enough this year. We're like, they can. I, I could see them going on winning these next four and setting up a big game against SMU a month from now. That seems entirely possible. I, I don't know if I would predict it, but I, I think if you are predicting it, I don't think you're crazy. Um, they've shown enough where they're like they're good enough. I don't think they're great but they're good enough at times um, where you, especially against some bad team, you know, the next four games are going to be favoring all of them. Um, and so um, I could see it now, you know, the, the track record suggests that's not, it's not going to play out like that, but we'll see. Maybe, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but um, I think the people involved here, whether it's the administration, whether it's the boosters that actually, you know, that, that help pay the bills on the football side. There's going to be a tough decision to make at the end of the year. That's what's very That's what's becoming clear. And you are going to have to determine um, sort of what Memphis football is right now. Um, because I personally think if you go eight and four and you decide, you know, you did, you don't make any changes. You are, you know, you're saying like, you know, I mean, Laird Beach said in that letter last year, you know, you're supposed to compete for championships. Like that's what he, that's, that was the goal of the program. That was the standard. Um, and I don't know if eight and four is going to be competing for a championship. And so um, if that's the standard, um, you know, I, per, you know, they're going to have to make a tough decision. This is why they're paid what they're paid. And I don't personally think it's that tough of a decision, but you know, if that's the case, I mean, I, I've been very clear. Like I probably would have gotten rid of Ryan after last year. I don't think, I think he's, you know, I don't think he's the the guy, if you will. Um, but I don't think it's like cut and dry. Like you, you know, I'm right, and the people who are saying be patient are wrong. Um, you know, I think it, it's going to involve like someone's going to have to make a gutsy call here, whether it's someone put, putting up the money to make this happen if they want to get rid of them. Or, you know, Laird Veach, you know, it'd be a very, you know, it'd be his biggest decision as AD, um, whether, you know, if it is his decision at all. Um, so um, it's definitely it's, not. It's, but yes, I get yeah. your I get your point. You know, like ultimately for this to happen, it involves an AD facilitating the people slash money that need to get, be involved to make it happen if you're going to do it. So, like, he's going to have to be involved. Whether It's not going to ultimately be his call. Just like, frankly, it doesn't appear, you, you know, it was his call in the end to hire Ryan. Um, you know, it, it, and, and to be fair to him, like, most places, it's not necessarily the AD's call who's hired as the football coach. There are lots of places where the boosters dictate what happens. Um, and so... Um, you know, I don't know, but you know, hopefully, hopefully they can string together some wins. It just Friday night felt so deflating because it was like, here was your chance. If you were going to, 
if you were going to salvage this thing in terms of, and again, salvage sounds harsh because they're four and two, but if you're going to salvage this thing from a momentum standpoint, from a getting people invested standpoint, that was your chance and you blew it. Two words, Mark, Justin Fuente, back to business. Doesn't have to be a whole lot. Doesn't have to be a whole lot different than the tubby and the penny situation. It really does not. It can be similar, and with that bad schedule, you're right, Fuente doesn't just have you just running out of your seats, but there's enough there with what he did. There's enough with that bad schedule. You could say, we're getting back to business. You could sell him. Well, and like this concept home. that it takes time to build, like Dion's thrown that out the window. Heck, look at Barry Odom at UNLV. They were like the worst team in the country last year. They're 5-1 and one now. Like it doesn't, yeah. you know, in the transfer portal era, with the right guy, and that would be what would concern me about Justin Fuente. That's fair. Justin, That's fair. Justin Fuente was great at developing players, uh, and he was, and he was, you know, I think pretty good on game day at Memphis. But now he's um, failed, Mark, is what I would throw in there, right? Now he's got a yes. – he has failed. Well, like you got to so. hustle in a way. In this era, you got to hustle in a way as a recruiter, both in the portal and from a – you know, like I'd worry a little bit about that part of it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, you know, that would be my only, that would be one of my concerns. And, but I think it'd be a decent hire. Like, I think I'd, you know, like I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't pan that hire. I think it'd be. Oh, dude, uh, he, I, I said, tell somebody he had Paxton Lynch look like a first round draft pick. I mean, that yeah, guy develops like I, guys. He was developing guys. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, and, you know, like Virginia Tech went sour, but like his, te- as someone who, Covered Virginia Tech extensively. Is that the recruiting the end of the Beamer era? Yeah. Well, it was. It was. Yeah, he alienated uh-huh. all of the Virginia high school coaches. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. were not. Yeah. They, 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 he did not do. He did a terrible job. You know, kind of building relationships in the state of Virginia, and that's how Frank Beamer. I mean, Frank Beamer turned that into a juggernaut by recruiting. You know, Virginia Beach and Tidewater kids, like on the eastern side of the state. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.